Back in for hour number two of Canuck Central. It's Dan Richo, Satyar Shah in the Kintec studio. This hour of Canuck Central is brought to you by Brevo. Brevo provides convenient cloud-based access control systems from your mobile device for any industry. Go to lp.brevo.com slash Canada for a smart demonstration. Let's uh, bring in our next guest. He joins us uh, weekly here on Canuck Central every Tuesday. It's Canucks insider, Irfan Gaffar. What's happening, Irf? What's up, fellas? How we doing? Uh, we're, we're doing all right. You think, uh, you think the snowstorm tomorrow is going to be as bad as it was in Buffalo or what? Uh, probably I not. I think that <laughs> Buffalo was probably a little bit more prepared than our, our, uh, our city will be. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we, we can't even get trucks to figure out how to fit under an overpass. So never mind a snowstorm and dealing with driving through that, right? Yeah, no, it's probably not going to go too well overnight, I would say that. The morning commute is, is definitely, it's going to suck. Everyone should just hide in, hide in their bungalows and not go anywhere. Yep, agree. Big agree. Might not be a bad idea. <laughs> and uh, we still got a couple of games before the Vancouver Canucks get back on the ice, but the talk remains off the ice, right? And with Elias Pettersson, Irf, um, Patrick Alvin speaking to Ian McIntyre today. And, you know, we've gone through the quotes. It's not too dissimilar from anything Patrick has said, but it, I don't know if there's just a feel about him answering these questions over the last week about Pettersson that just, it feels like the urgency is picking up on the Canucks end of things. Well, I mean, definitely on the Canucks side of things, but they've been willing and open to talk the entire time. So I don't put this on the Canucks at all. In fact, I, I think that they've been willing to negotiate and, and have conversations for, for quite some time and are more than willing, if not have already um, discussed what, their, what, what an offer would look like. Um, so this one's completely on Elias Pettersson and his camp. And, you know, uh, I know in the bottom of, of Ian McIntyre's article, you know, he, he did mention that Pat Brisson said that because things aren't happening right now, doesn't mean that you know talks can't re-engage you know b- b- before the end of the season. But the biggest takeaway, or one of, I think, is the question: Where do you believe Pedersen wants to remain in Canucks? He didn't say yes. He said, "I do believe he wants to be part of a good team. He wants to be part of a winning team. I know there's good relation with talk and yada yada yada." Right? Uh, I just the longer it goes, I mean, winning does help. But if you're at this point in the season and you still have to convince a player to stay that's supposed to be one of your marquee core four players, there's something, there's, like, there's something up there. I'm not saying he doesn't want to stay. I understand the contract and stuff like that, but there's something more to this. Well, and, and I think you knowing finding out what that more is is what everybody's trying to figure out, right? Like, it's like, what is actually the, the pressing factor here? Because if it's winning, you're starting to win. Could it be just not wanting this to be a distraction. Could it be as simple as that from him? Because we know he doesn't like answering the questions and everything, right? He's even frustrated ask, answering questions about the lotto line. Could it just be that he doesn't want to deal with it unless he gets done quietly? Yeah, but unfortunately, you are in a market and play in a league where and you're the hottest team in the league. The best mm-hmm. team in the league, statistically. As we're doing this right now, they're the best team in the NHL. Yeah. So, the, with it comes with your territory. You're going to be talked about you two days off now. You just swept through the. Obviously, you almost swept through your road trip there. Your seven game road trip where, you know, you played some really good hockey. You were named the first star of the week. You're going to be talked about. I'm sorry if you're one of the best players on the team. That's what's going to happen. Um, so I don't think you can hide away from that attention. That does. That's just not 
just in Vancouver, that's anywhere. If you're the best player in the league, you're going to be talked about. But uh, I just think that this one, it just feels a little different. Um, you know, because in the beginning it was like, okay, well, maybe they can get a long-term deal done. And it's like, okay, well, no, he's going to do short-term. And then now it's like, well, what about the QL and playing that out? And then if you're the Canucks, at that point, if it gets to that point, you really have to look at it and say, well, what direction do we want to go here? I don't think like, you let it get to the QO, right? You can't let that happen. No, absolutely not. And if it does, you trade them. If, if, if something hasn't been signed by then. It's well, as simple as you, that. You can't really. go into next year with him undecided on where his future is going to be and, and just playing on the qualifying offer. No, 100% no. But I think that there's, that from Pedersen's camp, that there's a thought that, you know, something like that might, might, might be okay. I, I don't know so, about that because if he were to play on the on the QO, would like he'd be, you know, underselling uh, himself by a couple of million bucks. Like, isn't the QO around nine million or something like that? Yeah, but I think it'll come in around like ten, ten and a half. Okay, what he's making now? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it would be slight. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I I think with how it gets calculated, it'd be slightly less than his actual salary. It would be unprecedented though, right? Like if he did that, he would be the first player in NHL history that's of that caliber. And with the cap error, of course, that would you know take a qualifying offer and walk himself to free agents. Like it would be an unprecedented situation if he does that. It's not going to happen. They're not going to let it happen. I'm just saying. Like these are all the things that I mean. Definitely, people have yeah, been talking yeah. about. You know, right? I, so if it get if it does get to that point, then what do you do? Yeah, and, and it's just the uh, it, it's the unknown part of it that that makes this so. Um, it makes it so difficult, right? Like. I, I think with Matthew Kachuk, the Flames kind of knew, <laughs> you know, it, 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 you almost just uh, realized where the situation was going to go. Maybe you hope that something would change and maybe you sign Johnny Gaudreau at the time and uh, Kachuk says, you know what, I think I can win here. I'll, I'll stick around. But it always kind of felt like Kachuk was was playing his hand the way that he wanted to. With this situation, like we just don't know, you know, it's, there's not really much indication from Pedersen, and that's probably the frustrating part here. There's no indication of anything, really, on his front of what the future might hold for him. Yeah. I mean, look, like, like I said before, I mean, he's a, he's a different cat. Yeah. Right? He's, he's a completely different individual when it, comes to, when it comes to certain things, and then this is definitely one of them. He says he doesn't want to have it to be a distraction. Well, sorry, it's going to be talked about, and that's the unfortunate part, right? You've got a couple of days off. Again, you're the best. There's no the world team. where it isn't a dis- like. I, I guess it, it only matters for him whether it's a distraction or not. But you know, yeah. it's, it, like you know, people, fans, uh, people that cover this team are going to constantly be talking about it, and Patrick Alvine is going to be constantly asked questions about it. Well, I don't think it's going to get to a point where someone goes into the room and asks JT Miller or. Brock Besser, hey, what do you think of Elias Pedersen's contract negotiations or lack thereof? Yeah, it's yeah. just not going to happen. They're just they're playing too well and they're too good of a team for that to for that to be something that goes into place. But for him and on his side, I mean, I'm sure he's got people that are asking him what he's going to do or what he's thinking of doing. I know his agents do, and I know that the Canucks are having to ask, having to answer questions. Is obviously you just see what Ian McIntyre wrote about the about the current situation. You just have to find something else to talk about, but you can't because they're playing so well. So all the hockey stuff. All the on-ice stuff is something that, you know, takes care of itself because they're winning. But now it's the off-ice stuff, and you look to the different things that happen, and the number one most important thing is Elias Pedersen. 
Well, and, and I think the, to me, the biggest pressure point here in terms of what the organization does, because it's been very clear that they're like, you know, they're saying, hey, whenever you're ready to talk, we're ready to talk. We want to keep this guy here, right? At what point would they get frustrated and say, you know, we got to move on. Like, we, we have to do our due diligence. We can't just sit here and wait because every day we wait, we're losing a little bit of leverage. Now, with, with that being said, I very much doubt that this would come to a head at the deadline. This is very much something that... <laughs> Even if he doesn't want to stay, it comes to a head in the offseason. Yeah, I agree. But I think that there's way more questions if nothing happens at, at the deadline. I no, think, I, I understand. Think it, becomes, it becomes a lot more of an issue at, if nothing happens before the deadline that, than it does, say, in, in the offseason. In the offseason, you know they have to take care of their business. Mm-hmm. But I think now it's you can do it. Why hasn't it been done? Right. Like but that, but I, I, just think wonder, that, I think that's the biggest thing. I understand, right? And and I think we're all there at a point where it's like, okay, like if he like if he's not willing to sign now, is he going to be willing to sign? It's just with the team having the success it's having with them, you know, turning things around and and obviously being on the verge of being a playoff team and perhaps doing a bit more, do they view it as okay, we have to make a decision by the deadline or are they prioritizing this season above doing that? I mean, I think they want I think they want to know or want to have an idea yeah. mm-hmm. around the deadline. Well, let's say let's say you go and and uh, you, you go after the biggest fish, and it might be Jake Gensel, right? You, you you sign or you trade for the the biggest unrestricted free agent that's potentially going to be available. Now, are you able to then immediately sign that player to a contract, or do you still want like any player you bring in? If they're a rental that you might want to sign, like Pedersen's still the guy that's prioritized more than that player coming in, right? Like that that that's that's one thing that might be an issue for the front office is like, yeah, we'd like to get Gensel and make him a part of the the team for the next four or five years, but we still don't know the situation with Elias Patterson. Like that's that's the kind of thing that might come up. I think they've had that conversation on more than one occasion, to be completely honest. Right. Um not not just Gensel with other names that maybe that they've been after. I think that that internally they've had that conversation and might have had that conversation with said player about you know we want to bring you in we want to sign you to a long term we want to trade for you um but we have to figure out what pd's doing so then it becomes an issue as to you literally can't decide what you want to do in the next year or two until this one player figures out whatever's going through his mind so then it is almost holding up what they could do at the deadline or you know it's why they probably want clarity uh by the time you get to the all-star break on what's going to happen here. But the thing is, if you don't get the clarity you want at the deadline, what do you do? Because like, there's no way you can, you, can, you can envision having a successful end of the season and a successful postseason if you're trading him at the deadline. Like, It's very much a future move, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I just think they want to know. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, I don't think that he's going to get traded at the deadline at all. Right. He's part of this team for this season for sure. Like, you know, he's all, one of five all-stars on this team, six, including their head coach. Like, He's on this team for sure for the rest of this season. I just the the quote that stands out, and even reading it, I, maybe Alvin didn't say it that way. Is you know, do you believe he wants to remain a Vancouver Canuck? And he didn't answer that question. And say yes. I think that was the biggest thing. Yeah, because they don't know, right? Like they don't exactly. have the answer. And I, yeah, it's 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 wild. Cause no, no one knows. Yeah. I don't. I, I I don't even think. To be completely honest, I don't even know if his agents know. Like I think it, I think it's him, 
Yeah. And when he's ready to talk to whoever he needs to talk to, he's going to talk to them. He's sitting around right now, flipping around, doing whatever, flipping around, doing whatever <laughs> he wants to do, and playing really good hockey and doing it at an elite level. And when he's ready to talk, it's Elias Pettersson's world. Yeah, it could just be as simple as he's got to make that one phone call. That's uh, the thing we always joke about here on the show. <laughs> it's just that one phone call he's got to make to his agent and be like, okay, I'm ready to talk now. And then uh, the, then the ball can start to get rolling. Because clearly the Canucks have, have an urgency about it. And uh, in that sort of vein of it could and how it does shape their, their trade deadline plans, I mean, yeah, maybe you're looking more at uh, players with term as long as you don't have – um, sort of any certainty on what's going to happen with Elias Pettersson because you know, it would be, again, it would be difficult to, to get a high-profile UFA and then have to go through the odd situation of, yeah, like we want to sign you, but we still have Pettersson we've got to figure out. So maybe a player with term is more likely at the deadline. Yeah. I mean, look, the focus is Elias Pettersson. I think they do end up figuring something out. It just, to me, it seems the, the, the why – as to right now is, yeah. is like, why have like, if they've, the Canucks have offered a massive contract and it was in front of them and they're willing to, you know, blank check or whatever it is to Elias Pettersson with whatever case it is, whether it's short term or long term, just why hasn't it been done yet? I think that's the biggest thing. Right. Well, and you're right. And I think it's, it's very clear, like, you know, what, you know, your team's winning, what's going on? Why haven't you at least given an indication? But let's say for a moment, let's say he gives an indication of, okay, like, I don't want to talk contract, but this is where I want to be. We'll figure it out later. How aggressive do you think they'll be at the deadline if that's the case? Well, I think, I mean, also, um, Alvin answered that question to Ian as well. He said that, you know, he feels like they need, they, they owe it to them. And, you know, Jim Rutherford's been on record saying that they want to add another, they want to add another forward. I mean, you also want to improve your defense a little bit, but, they want to. They're they're going to be aggressive. Look, they're first place in the NHL right now. No one saw this coming. They're a good hockey team. They're beating some other really good teams. Now I know their schedule gets a lot harder here down the stretch with you know playing LA three times, Winnipeg a bunch of times, Vegas a bunch of times, um, Dallas as well. It's going to get a little bit more difficult. But I think once you pass the deadline, you're the general manager. You owe it to this team to to try and acquire someone to to put them over the edge and not just you know go into the playoffs and coast in the playoffs with this team, but to try and actually make some noise. Yeah, and it, it, as we've talked about on the show, I mean, it feels like the Western Conference is, is sort of opening up. And, you know, the, the, the idea of getting a top six forward, um, you know, they, they have to open up cap somewhere. And, and Rick Dollywall alluded to, to this today. Maybe, uh, you know, Tyler Myers isn't a candidate to be traded, even though he is a pending unrestricted free agent. Um, maybe they just ride that out with Tyler Myers. It just feels like the only way they're going to open up cap space is if they move Andre Kuzmenko at this point. Yeah, I mean he's he's the one that 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 everyone's talking about. Teams are still, you know, questioning what the Canucks are going to do with Andre Kuzmenko and you know what their plan is with him. You know, he's a guy that's been healthy scratch quite a bunch this yeah. year. Hasn't found his game at all under Rick Talkett's system. Like, we're talking about this guy playing better. He's got no points in his last eight games. And he is playing better. The, I don't deny that. And he's, but, the, and he's on the top power play. Unit. Yeah. He still doesn't do anything. But it just shows how, right? how much the bar has changed for him. Well, of course. I, well, the, the issue was the bar was set so high. Yeah. He scored 39 goals. Like, I mean, <laughs> that, that bar, you set yourself up for that. And I yeah. think that this season there was different type of hockey that the team's playing. But, yeah, that, that's another interesting one, too. I mean, I think – 
the stuff on Kuzmenko is super fascinating, but I just kind of I'm kind of stuck on the Kuzmenko thing in terms of like what are they able to truly do at the deadline with him? Yeah, because I mean, again, no Stanley Cup contender that has real aspirations of winning a Stanley Cup is knocking on that door and saying this is the missing piece because if Tonkin has questions about him, so will a team that has real aspirations, right? So. Is that even a, is is, it, is there even a time? Is there even something that can work around the deadline, or is he more of an off season thing? If that, well, I think that there have there have been teams that have called now. Whether they yeah. circle back and make phone calls again around the deadline, that obviously we don't know that, and I haven't heard anything that that that's been of the case yet. But um, you know, he's a player that he's clearly shown that he can score at the NHL level. Um, maybe someone else wants to take a chance, but that's a lot of money too. So if you're the Canucks, you're you're definitely probably having to take a little bit of something back. Now this could be one of those moves where Reach we always talk about it. It's, what are they doing? Are they getting something now because they have another move in mind? Yeah. Right? Are they going to help? Are they going to do something because of another bigger move that they want to make? But you got to get that money off the books if you want to do anything. Series of moves, and yeah, maybe they they end up using Kuzmenko as sort of the uh, make weight in the trade as we talked about last week. That's that's also a possibility, but um, you know it. The way the defense is performed, and, and, and I don't know that like, – personally, I don't feel like Nikita Zadorov has had the desired effect just yet. It's taken him some time to really get comfortable with this squad, but um, as, even still, like the defense feels pretty, pretty solid the way that it is. So I, I just don't see them making an addition on defense without making any kind of subtraction. Yeah, the Zadorov one's interesting too. Like, uh, well, him and Heronic seem it, to be asking for the moon, <laughs> or at least the speculation on what their next contracts might look like. Well, he are very inflated. The door is definitely not getting the moon here. Heronic can ask for it because he's putting up numbers because he's playing with forty-three. Yeah, I mean, some team because the door is big might overpay for him, but I don't think the Canucks are going to. No, I, I think you know. The thing that's obvious, though, is if the Canucks are going to be a making an addition, they don't have the cap space to make an addition unless they send send something out, right? Yeah. And I mean, I know people look at Kuzmenko all the time, but if they're actually looking at improving the defense, I don't think they can do that or if without sending somebody out. So it's for all the talk about the defense. That's why I'm I'm more skeptical unless somehow, some way, they can get Chris Tanev that they can make that work if they want to keep all their defensemen. No, I agree, and another player as well. Like I don't think that they want to move Hoaglander at all. Right, I, I think that that was the name that you know teams have called about as well. I don't, I don't think the Canucks want to move him, Garland, but they're not. That was early on in the year. They're not moving him because that line's been so good for Rick Tockett. But the other one was Hoglander, and I don't think that they. I mean, unless the team comes in with an offer that they can they can't say no to, they're, they they probably don't want to move him. Makes the deadline very interesting. <laughs> How do you improve this team? Well, it's like you're not going to move like Aramaki. You're not want to move Willander, which no. I get. Right? If you don't, I mean. You have to give something to get something at some point. And, and just on the Hoaglander thing, do you think he's done enough then that they, they're convinced with him now? Because, I mean, a lot of stuff we had heard in the prior was, hey, they like him, but they'd be open if something came down. Like, Do you, do you view it as they're convinced that he's going to be a player for them long term? I think they prefer that to not move him, to be honest, right now with the way that he's been playing. I think that he's won some people over in that organization, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, he's, he's played pretty well. Uh, it just feels... You know, it's probably one of the uh, maybe if a silly pod Colson becomes uh, the the trade chip that they use because they don't other than maybe draft picks in their first round pick they don't really have a lot of trade chips 
that other teams are going to be very keen on. Maybe uh, Hunter Brustovich, with the way that he's played in the OHL this year, is, has some trade value as a right-shot defenseman prospect, but you know, there's, there's not a ton of prospects that have great value to acquire a big fish. No, absolutely. And, and I think that, that they're going to have to get creative. Yeah. Right? And I think that that's one of the most fascinating things about this team because they're in a position where they're, again, like as we're doing this, they're the best team in the NHL. You know, your GM's on the record saying that I owe it to this team to, to acquire someone. Your president basically is saying that we want to get a top six guy. Like, you, you almost, it's, the writing's on the wall. Like, Gensel names have been out there and, 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 and other players and, and things like that. So you almost know that they're going to do something. And then the biggest thing is what the heck's going on with Elias Pedersen? So yeah. there's so many things without this team that their play on the ice, the off the ice stuff, when there's, when there's a few days off, it just becomes such a more such a bigger story. Um, before we let you go, what, what do you think is better, um, missing the playoffs entirely, or watching your team get blasted by the Houston Texans in the first round? Oh my! Well, God. I can't talk. We we didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, you guys talking a lot for a team that teams that missed the playoffs. But I'm not fair talking, enough. dude. Your team your team made the playoffs. <laughs> I'm just sitting at home enjoying my, you know, my, uh, my, my football. What's your football snack? Uh, I was I was really enjoying this discussion up until this point. Reach just comes in from the top row. You should see what that guy sends me on Instagram. <laughs> no mercy when it comes to uh, ribbing my friends about their their favorite teams. Yeah, we could have yeah, just went in on tough. the Cowboys, but I just I chose violence today. I went full Bruce Boudreaux. It's all good. Earth, uh, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks for this. All right, gentlemen, be well. <laughs> there he is. Irfan Gaffar joining us on, uh, on Canuck Central. Sorry about that, Sat. Nah, it's okay. <laughs> I'm over it. Are you, though? Not really. <laughs> but I'm over the discussion right now. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I'm over it. I'm over it. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just, you know, just, I, got, I got carried away with excitement over my Browns, and then, you know, reality came crashing down again. And it taught me a really valuable lesson about my Browns. Um, we, we all believe, myself included, believed a little too much in Joe Flacco, I guess. <laughs> in yeah. hindsight, like I chose the 38-year-old guy that they just peeled off the couch versus uh, the best rookie quarterback in the NFL. I know. I mean, it's one of those things where um, he, they had a lot of turnovers. Yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on it. I know people are like, <laughs> oh, enough NFL talk. Blah. So it's like, okay, well, we'll stop. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, eventually the, the jig was going to be up. It's just a lot quicker than I thought it would be. It was over in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was an interesting weekend of NFL football, that's for sure. Uh, it's always yeah. interesting times around the Vancouver Canucks as well. We'll get to more of your questions because there is a ton of them coming in on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox, especially surrounding Elias Pettersson and what the Canucks' plans are, plus uh, some things around the National Hockey League. That's coming up next on Canucks Central. Catch up on what happened in Vancouver sports with Halford and Bruff in the morning. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.